coming up on Drama School Dropout. I sort of feel like I was plunged into the industry, like just kind of thrown into it. And just when I started to figure it out, the pandemic happened. Somebody told somebody to piss in a hot water, in a water bottle. I'm at the doctor's office doing my routine a checkup, of course, like laying on the table and I see my agent calling and I'm like, that's weird. He's a, he's a texter or whatever. I'll send him a voicemail. He kept calling and kept leaving voicemails and kept calling and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I said to the nurse, I'm like, would you mind if I just pick this up quick? She's like, fine, take it. And I take the call and he's, and I'll never forget as long as I live what he said to me. It was pick up your phone, his, his voicemail, pick up your phone, pick up your phone. You got it. What do you think of the royal family? Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout. This week, it's episode 146 and I am joined by an absolutely amazing actress who you may know from her stint on Orange is the New Black. Please welcome to the podcast, Francesca Curran. Drama School Dropout No graduation day Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's horrid not to be the typical British person, but it's rained all day and I'm a bit like, no. I've got to go out after this and I'm like, oh, I was wearing oh. shorts yesterday. No, but it's kind of moody and I don't know. I, I'm into it. I'm into Yeah, but it. when you have that all year round, yeah, it gets true. a bit old. True, true. <laughs> well, I grew up in Minnesota where it's always cold and snowy, so. So basically Scotland. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so annoyed that I'm not British. I'm so annoyed I'm not from the UK. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there are definite <laughs> cons. Dream. There are no, definite cons. All I want to do before I die is be on BritBox. <laughs> 100%. Like, that's not even... I, I would say you want to be on the iPlayer. Oh, okay. Is that, like, the cool... We don't really use BritBox over here. Oh, no, it's just us? Like, it, it, it is here. We can use it. But, like, we... Like, we can get that shit for free on, like, BBC iPlayer, ITV Player. Oh, that's no good. No, no, I want to make you pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, we just have to watch it with ads. Okay, okay. But other okay. than that, it's free. You just blew my mind within the first minute <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um, but how's life? Because I feel like it's been a, a crazy couple of years, and I'd, like, hesitate to say yeah. we're out of a pandemic. I hesitate to say that we're in a pandemic. But right. it's, like, truly changed the landscape. But how's your life been these past however many decades yeah <laughs> it's been you know it's been pretty crazy I have to say mm. like just with the podcast being drama school dropout my life pre-drama school was such a different thing and um just since finishing drama school basically until now has been a whirlwind yeah because I sort of feel like I was plunged into the industry like just kind of thrown into it and just when I started to figure it out the pandemic happened so was fun yeah it's always a good time you know <laughs> but it's been sort of sort of crazy really um yeah it's confusing and a little difficult to navigate and just kind of find my place in the industry if that makes sense like where yeah. do I fit in here I feel like as actors we a lot of us have imposter syndrome and so I feel like anytime I do we yeah <laughs> I've never felt that before <laughs> what is that um <laughs> even in drama school I remember feeling imposter syndrome like oh my gosh 
any minute now they're going to find out that I have zero talent. Like oh. somebody's going to figure out I can't belt. Someone's going to figure out I can't kick my face. Like relatable content. Yeah, exactly. It, just that feeling of never feeling, you know, good enough. And, and I have moments still where I'm like, oh gosh, you know, they're going to, I'm going to get so fired from this job. Oh, um, yeah. But I feel like I've been able to navigate through that a little bit more. But yeah, just with everything, you know, the the industry in the past couple of years has changed so much where like every audition now is a tape and I really miss getting in the room and just kind of- I hate self-tapes. Oh my God, it's the worst. It's actually the worst. And and my friends that aren't in the industry are like, wait, explain to me though, because it feels like you have the opportunity to kind of like curate the best version of you on a self-tape. And I'm like, no, I totally disagree. See, I agree, but th that is a- con that is outweighed by so that that's a pro that's outweighed by so many cons mm -hmm. so i think yeah it is great that you can totally if you fuck up a line you can go yeah. oh, i'll just start again but also you 100%. are taking a stab in the dark at what they're looking for like yeah. you are totally guessing and also my main thing is if i come in an audition for you i can go oh she's not feeling it let me switch this up a hundred percent you can read the room and as actors that's what we're so good at right like yeah stepping into a room and being like okay that joke didn't land fine let me do the scene one more time or yeah making the adjustments that you need to make in order to you know not i don't want to say people please but really essentially at the end of the day that's yeah. sort of what we do right we want to entertain we want to we want the joke to land um you know we want it's always fun to see a casting director tear up. I mean, who yeah. am I kidding? It's amazing. So I really miss getting in the room. I really miss seeing people's faces. I miss the back and forth before you do the scene. I miss the back and forth afterwards, being able to show my personality. Um, you know, I once had a uh, teacher in drama school say that like 85% of the job is pe are people gauging whether or not you'd be easy to work with. I mean, yeah. you don't want to have a difficult person on set and I don't want to hype myself up, but I am the most like calm and collected person. <laughs> like I, yeah, like easy I going. really easy going and just the sense that like, okay, you hated it. Like, fine, let's do it again. You know? And yeah. it's really not much that gets me down. And I think that's sort of something that I play into and um, something that I really like to showcase in an audition is like, Hey, I'm kind of a good time. Like, let's go chit chat at craft services. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, like we're going to have a blast while we make this, this movie, but um, we don't get to do that in self tapes. No. And then to not be like incredibly selfish, but also to be incredibly selfish. I had a casting director talk recently and they were like, instead of seeing 30 people from for this part, I can see 500. I mean, and what are the odds? Like, it's like we're in the Hunger Games. The odds aren't in our favor. I mean, it's it's like, I, I mean, you, we hear these statistics all the time, but it's like, you know, 1% of the people you graduate with will actually work or whatever it is, whatever the statistic is. And so you take those odds and then you pepper in now the massive internet presence of actors. I mean, TikTokers are getting more <laughs> acting jobs than drama school graduates. I Which can't tell you madness. how many times it's madness. I can't tell you how many times I've had uh, friends in the industry and even professional acquaintances say, you know what? If you were on TikTok, people would be able to see how funny you are. That's what you're missing in your life. And it's like, I'm resisting. I'm resisting so much. I have nothing against TikTok. No, but it's not my I'm thing. I'm not 16. Like, I can't. I don't even know. I can't do all the splices and the transitions and like, just let me 
do what I do best. Let me charm yeah. a room, you know? I do have to just say it has just started raining again and the rain is bouncing off of my windows. So <laughs> if anybody can hear that, I apologise, but I live in Scotland. There's not much I can do. Oh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> but everything is like this, you know? Like everything is on the computer now, on a meet, on a Zoom meeting or... You know, and it, there's there's beauty to it. Like you said, like we're able to talk to each other yeah. from halfway across the world. But it's also like takes away some of the magic of what we do and why we do it for. A hundred percent. Like, I think the only reason self-tapes are good for is two reasons, actually. Yeah. If I was auditioning for something in L.A., right. great, I'll do a self-tape. I don't have to fly yeah, halfway amazing. around the world. Yeah. And then the two liner parts that you have to go to London for. Like, you know, when it's like a catapult. Oh. But it's like you're going to be on screen for three seconds. You have to say hello and goodbye. Like, let me do that. Like, I just paid train fare and to come in and say, you know, Mary, you shouldn't have done that. And then you're like, thanks so much. Yeah. I didn't get it. (laughs) It's heartbreaking. And it it almost adds to the, it's like putting salt in the wound. It's like, oh, then you take the train back or you drive back and you're overthinking it. And you're like, I'm going to get to see who I was. And you know what? With two liners, it's something I've learned in my career, however short it may have been um, or is so far with two liners it's so hard to show what you have to offer yeah and i've had my fair share of two liners especially when the lines hello how are you (laughs) yeah hello how are you or like yeah i just did one recently where it was a couple lines and it's like look you can't make it into a three-act play no you've got to say the words on the page put a little something behind it prep as much as you can but at the end of the day do you want a tall blonde or not like yeah. it really comes down to type and and so many other things. So that's another thing, just not taking it personally, you know. No, and you can't take happens. it personally. No. No, like I, I do this thing now where, and it's worked for me so far. As soon as I send off a self-tape, I delete the email. Yes. I delete the self-tape. I delete the email. They've got yep. my contact details. A hundred percent. They have your information. I don't need to sit staring at my email going, no. oh, have they replied? Have they replied? A hundred percent. What I, what I've kind of come into the practice of doing, which is, I feel like it's so healthy and it works for me. Obviously, I don't think it's going to work for everyone, but it's sort of like, after the audition, you've done the work, you've done the prep work, you've done, you've memorized six pages, which is amazing in itself. And, and you've done the prep work and you've, there's something behind every line and you know where you came from and where you're going and your objective and everything we learn in drama school. Once that email sent off to my team. Forget about it. I let it go. hundred yeah. percent. You release it. And you know what it is? It's not, whenever I say to people, like, I just release it, I forget about it. Oh, that's so negative. No, it's not. I release it with love. It's like, mm. and you know, I'm kind of like a weird spiritual witchcraft, witchcraft person, but it, but in that sense, it's like, I release it with love. It's like, I did the work. I know I did my best. Yeah. 100%. Bye. If it's meant for me, it'll come back to me. I let go of the role. I forget about it. And sometimes I burn the sides, honestly. Oh, that's fun. Rip them up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just love something about the physical act of seeing something burn it's actually re- like a release i just do that with pictures of my exes yeah exactly i was just gonna say it's, <laughs> but like, it's perfect for exes yeah. too. what you just said there as well i, I want to just very quickly say this because you said about memorizing six lines six pages of dialogue i recently had an audition come through i, I know the people that are working on it and so mm. i'm kind of calling them out right now mm, mm. it was do it. 
Do for it. a great play. Listen, I still want to be a part of it. I'd still quite happily be a part of it. Some of my friends are in it. And I was like, this would be a really good part. And I, I was in the middle of a production. I was doing my own play that I wrote with my friend. And I sent them off an email and they sent me back a six page monologue and said, could you have that to us by tomorrow at three? And I emailed them back and I said, that's completely unrealistic. Monologue. Um, Like if it's somebody else talking when there's a conversation that if you forget a line halfway through, you can go, what did she just say? Ah, yes, that's what it is. But when it's just myself, six pages, which is fine, by the way, give me more than 24 hours to learn it. Yeah. I'm going to need a couple of days. And also you want to do your best work too. You're like, okay, fine. I could probably memorize it by tomorrow if I drop everything I have to do for the rest of the day. I mean, come on, we all have lives. I was directing, starring and producing in a play. Right. So, so the expectation would be leave, leave the theater, like drop what you're doing for the rest of the day. You probably could memorize it, but will there be anything behind it? No, not at all. No, you're going to be the 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 script in your head is going to just be paging in your brain. Like we've all seen it. You, We've all watched something where you go, you can watch the actor. See the memorize. cogs turn. Oh my God, there's nothing worse. No. If When I see that happen, respectfully, I usually turn it off. Because I'm like, no, I don't want to see the work you put into it. I don't want to see the prep work. Like... We're, you have to be past at a certain point, but that's not a fair expectation. No, and listen, and I I don't think I should say this, but I'm going to say it. it might not make the edit. It wasn't a paid gig. See, okay, yeah. Which I've got no problem. Like, mm. I will act for, if the thing is right, mm. I will do it. Like, that is not my issue. 100%. But don't fucking ask me to learn six pages. You're like, I will work for free. Is it a two? I will also pay for myself (laughs) to get there every rehearsal. Like, I will lose money from this, but I'm not about to. And I spoke to my friend who's in the show and he said he had to pull an all-nighter to get the tape together. It's wild. It's wild. So casting directors out there, be a little bit more, like, realistic (laughs) with your timeframes. Hmm. It's it's so daunting too because like most actors I know and speaking for myself are so hungry for the job. We 100%. want to work. We want to work. We want to do your play. We want to do your student film. We want to do your blockbuster film. We we want to work. We want to work on good material. So there is like a sense of guilt too, right? Like when you when you get something like that and it's like oh no. Oh no, I have learned to let go of that guilt. I have, and I think and everybody does you. because your time is valuable. 100%. And you have and, to know your worth. Yeah, 100%. And even coming, like I spoke about it very briefly there, me and my best friend wrote a play over lockdown and we put it on a couple of times since That's the pandemic. incredible. And That's because, incredible. Because of the timeline, we had to do, oh, thank you. Um, We had to do um self tape auditions, even though we've just spoke about it all. Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're like, there's shit, but make but I gave people <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Because if you're giving somebody, like, as a director, I want to see people perform their best mm-hmm. because then I can pick the best person that's going to go out there and represent my work. If mm-hmm. you're giving somebody less than 24 hours, what kind of shit are you expecting to land in your email? You're like, I need 24 hours to make the lighting set up. <laughs> yeah. Like, 100%. Like, don't get me to wrong. Find someone if there to are read any... with. 
if there are any major directors out there, like yeah. if Netflix are listening, um, I can yeah. pull a self tape together in five hours if I really wanted yeah, to. Exactly. You're like, is it Scorsese? <laughs> I will. I'll do it in 30 minutes. But that's the thing is, um, you know, I feel like I'm still not in a position in my career. And I think the majority of actors are not in a position yet in their career to take anything for granted. And so, so like when things come along, you go, oh my God, that's incredible. They want to see me for this. And then you look at the requirements and you're like, okay, all right, let's go. I'm going to do my very best at it. Um, And I think that's really all we can do. And you put it out into the universe and you go, Okay, whatever happens, happens. Maybe I'm too tall. Maybe I'm too short. Maybe I'm too this. Maybe I'm too that. Maybe I look like the casting director's ex-wife and he can't stand my face. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember a professor saying that to me in drama school like that. That's a horrible thing to say to someone. No, well, but it's like, no, but I just, I know. But it's one of those things where it's like, you just don't know the amount of factors that are going into the decision-making. Like That's why you can't take it personally. And one of the funniest things is like, as actors, I'm sure you've heard it. We all hear that phrase, you need to build a tough skin. Oh, yeah. The thing is, the thing about that, I, I, I respectfully disagree with that. I think that in some ways it's important to... Mm not take things personally, but actors live in a place of, compared to like muggles, let's say. There's actors and there's muggles. A drama teacher once shouted at me for calling it a muggle job. Oh my gosh, no. I went went into an audition once and they said, um, this guy was an asshole. And he looked at my CV and he says, everybody else that I've seen today has got like, um, they used to be a barista. They used to do this. They used to do that. Why have you got no skills on your CV? And I was like, I've, I've never had a muggle job. Yeah, a muggle job. And then like, <laughs> I, and I haven't, other than I worked in Amazon for three weeks. Yeah. Like but, other than that, I've worked in this industry my entire life. Which and is incredible. They shouted at me for calling it a muggle job. No, 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 no. I believe there's actors, there's muggles. Um, Because... I really, really do. It, uh, what was I saying? Um, About the state in which we live where uh, compared to non-actors. Oh, <laughs> wait. Did I, did, I've totally distracted you with my no, tangent. No, 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 no. Oh, I remember, I remember what you're saying. Actors live on this very delicate balance, right? So like hmm. we, we tend to have our emotions just below the surface. They're right there. They're bubbling right below the surface. And when we need to access them, they're right there. Compared to, let's say, it's a generalization, but your everyday accountant or barista or just people in the finance world, in general, we have quicker access to our emotions and we tend to be sensitive beings. So I think that one of the best things we can do as actors is not get too tough a skin. Yeah, 100%. you know what I mean? Like that I I people tell me all the time, well, you need a thicker skin. But but why? I want to be able to act. I'm a sensitive person. I think it makes me a good actor. I think most actors are sensitive people. And so I just think it's important that we don't lose what makes us who we are, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. 100 I, and I 100% agree with that. And something that I would say as someone who's been on the other side of the desk, so I've mm-hmm. cast, I've directed, I've fired people. I've fired people mid-production. No. Like well, literally have come out of a rehearsal 
and said, I'm really sorry, this just isn't working. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for everything you've given us. But it's, I would say the thing that puts me at ease the most is if you've got a good director or somebody who's good that while they're in charge, they're doing everything in order to make whatever you're doing successful. A hundred percent. And I want everything that I'm ever a part of to be successful. So if like I'm doing a play right now and I'm kind of shitting myself because I have to rap in it and I'm like, ah, uh, um, <laughs> and like if it's, it'll be done by the time this comes out, but if they come and say to me tomorrow, listen, it's not working, mm. I'll be like, I know, I know that I'm aware. Would you? Would yeah. you? Yeah. You like, would step away with grace. You'd say thanks. Because I want experience. that play to be as great as it can be. I believe in the people that are working on it. I want That's them to be successful. Really beautiful, actually. I mean, it's so true though, right? Like, I don't want to hold anyone back. If no. My, if I'm not giving what I need to give. Get yeah. fucking rid of me. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And also you don't want to waste anybody's time. No. And, and there's a cast and there's a crew and there's so many people involved in everything. Right. And, and when people go, let's say to, to, to the theater, right. Let's just say Broadway, you're spending three, some 300 something maybe on a ticket. Is right? that how dear Broadway tickets are? I mean, they can be. Okay, yeah. I'm not. I'm crossing New York off my bucket list. I'm telling you. No, no, no. Come. It's amazing. And you can get you can get cheap. There's ways. There's ways. There's like you can stage or you can you can, you know, do the lottery. You can yeah. there's different ways, right? The average theater goer. I was just seeing that they had on like some morning show the other day that yeah, the average theater goer will spend between two hundred and four hundred and it, they can go into the thousand. Wow. Right. So you're paying, right, to go to the theater. If I can't if i know in my heart and soul that i can't deliver a performance that's worth that and that's worth two and a half hours with intermission of your time you know what i respect it it's not for me it wasn't meant for me fine but i usually won't even go in or be seen for something if i don't know if i can give it 100 percent. see i'm desperate i will do that <laughs> do you well, know what my- i mean uh, I think every actor is desperate. <laughs> I have to let you in on the secret. Yeah. No, but I want everything that I'm part of to be successful. And if, like, please don't, Jack, but if they sack me, I'll walk out of that meeting and I'll probably book a ticket for the show and go and see it. That's really beautiful. Like, and you want to support it. You want to support it. And you're still going to be around to do it. And But yeah, it's done. Please don't sack me. Yeah, but please don't sack me, <laughs> hey, Jack. Don't, don't sack I'm it. actually really excited. It's about the Scottish independence referendum and stuff. So it's it's a little yeah. bit political. Yeah. And I get to dress up as um, Robbie Burns and um, William Wallace. Ooh, that's so Burns Night, to... right? Yes. Okay, that's amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm quite excited for it. Um, It'll be done by the time this is out because I'm recording in advance. Um, mm. But come and see it. Uh, actually, we might be going to the Fringe. So keep your eyes de- uh, peeled for in- Edinburgh Fringe details. That's incredible. That gives me a reason to travel. Okay, to the fr- I'll, I'll get you tickets. I'll get you tickets. I would in a heartbeat. In well, a heartbeat. just Thank hit me up. Um, okay. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about um, drama school and stuff, though, because mm. that my favourite things in the world. Yeah. Um, and you studied, I've got, this is such a long school name, I've got to get my piece of paper up. The Take American Musical and Dramatics Academy of New York City. You got um, it. And one of my favorite things to talk about drama schools is mm. funny or crazy stories because some shit goes down behind those doors that people would not believe. How it's not a sitcom, 
I don't know. Oh my god. How has it not been written already? I'm 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 just putting it out there. I'm trademarking it. I'm trademarking it now. Some I wow, wait, you really tapped into something just now. That how has there not been a screenplay made? Of has there been? As far as I'm aware, no. Okay. I've heard of some people have done like sketch shows and there's been a drama school sketch. Mm. But there's never been like Here's my thing, right? A See, proper the, show. Yeah. In the UK, we had these fly-on-the-wall documentaries that were quite popular in, like, 2015. Mm. And they were set in secondary schools around Britain. <laughs> and they were literally just, like, cameras in classrooms. Like, totally fly-on-the-wall. Why has reality. that not been done? Reality? It's not really reality. It's like they literally just went to this school and said, hey, we want to see what happens. We're just going to film what you guys do. Yeah. And obviously, you put cameras in a secondary school, shit's going to happen. Yeah. Why has that not happened in, like, RADA? Or, well, it hasn't happened uh, in RADA because people would be sacked and yeah. jailed. That's what I was just going to say. Mm. But, like, I think I need to write the sketch show. Please write it. I will make a self-tape for you. Uh, you, you, you can come and audition in the room. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Uh, it's worth the airfare. But, like, um, I've got a bank of stories. We're going to play a game in a minute called um, that's all stories about this industry and crazy things that have happened. Oh so I think that maybe I need to. I don't know if I... I don't know if there's enough time in the world to tell funny... Like, what day at drama school wasn't wacky? Yeah. Like, I remember, and this is the story that I'll tell forever, and my friend is probably really sick of me telling this. We were doing a class on playback theatre, which mm. is, if you're not familiar with it, anyone that's listening, it's when an audience member tells a story and the actors act out that story. Right. And me and my friend, we were like the serious Shakespeare actors. And we knew we were going to like have the piss taken out of us, and they cast us as dogs. That's my favourite British phrase. Hold on, can I just say it? Go for it. Okay, don't take the piss out of me. I won't. Um, I've never, I'm just so forget. Go ahead. I'm so excited. We knew we were having the piss taken out of us. Yeah. And me and my friend were just like, we'll just sit here and watch. Yeah. Like, um, and then this, this other weirdo, this actual weirdo was also cast as a dog. And um, I turned around at one point and his nose, his nose was firmly shoved up her ass. <laughs> and like, when I say he's not even just sniffing around her ass, it's probably borderline sexual assault. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Um, I was like, stop, stop the bus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to get off. Yeah, this, I don't want to be on this bus <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no, no. This, um, is, this is NSFW. Yeah, definitely. But do you have a, a favorite story that you can share with us? Oh my gosh. So many. I would say, well, you know, drama school is so random sometimes where oh, you yes. go, oh my God, you'd be going from, like you said, reciting Shakespeare and phonetics and all these crazy, you know, serious classes, like taking yourself very seriously. We took ourselves very seriously. Studying though. the bard. Yes. And then straight to you're on all fours and you're a squirrel and you're looking for an acorn and you spend an hour and a half playing with your whiskers. And it's like, what is happening? Like my parents would not ever be able to believe that. I remember we had to spend an hour and 45 minutes pretending to be a kitchen appliance. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like an electric whisk and just walked around the room for the whole time going like that. As a washing machine? No, electric whisk, like, you know, like a hand Oh, mixer. a whisk. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. I just went around going like that the whole time. Like, what is happening? But, you know, I... I'm just glad I didn't have to pay for it. I uh, know, exactly. Education's free in Scotland. Dang, yeah. Mm. Um, that's pretty wild. Yeah, no, but I, keep I, an I, eye I out for the stage show coming soon. Yeah. I think I I'm going to come off this tonight and go through my favorite stories and start drafting them. Please, please. Um, I think my my favorite story, because I still can't believe this, and I think about this often, is um, we had an exercise where we would all get in line, like very a chorus line, right? And mm. my the sort of the, the the mood at school was you come to class and keep in mind we're like tap dancing at 7 a.m right so like there there's no time to wake up like you're just thrown into the fire yeah it was you come to class you come to school every day full glam red lip oh no give us a red lip you want to see us- some of the states give- that i rocked yeah, into that class exactly yeah give us a we want a nude tight and a leotard and your highest character heels and a in a snatched bun like every day that's not happening and, sorry and no and i'm telling you and i did it and i did it every single day i don't think i ever didn't have a full lash and a red lip and if your teacher came in and decided that you were not presentable you would be excused from class so totally unrelated to my story but anyway i just so you can kind of picture the scene I, right yeah, and I'm let there. me tell you when i tell you i was at my prime i was like a glass coke bottle i was just looking tasty and i had a red lip and we're all in a chorus line and the exercise was one by one you step forward when you're called is that Enbrew? It is. I'm so sorry. No. I just knocked it over and I thought it was all going to spill out. Wait, it exists? It's a two, it's a two liter bottle. I'm, I was too That's incredible. I've never seen one in person. I love I'm, Iron Brew. It's Iron Brew. Okay. Yeah, Iron Brew. That's incredible. Does it taste like Fanta? No, I can't stand Fanta. Oh, now I'm trying to figure it tastes like Iron Brew. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I've got your agent's address. I'm going to mail you a can of Iron Brew. Oh my God, that's incredible, please. I'm going to send you a can of Iron Brew. Because okay, I can't, no, I've heard, that? I've heard Americans say it tastes like cream soda, but I disagree. Oh, I love What does it say soda. on the bottle? I love a cream soda. Is it like a butterbeer? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, it literally says you're, on you're, it. You're trying so hard to be nice. Just no. It literally says on it, essence of iron brew brewed in Scotland since 1901 to a secret recipe of 32 flavours with a spirit that's as bold as its taste. You can't describe it because there's nothing like it. And I'm sat here hey, trying to describe there you it. you have it. They're like, the flavour is iron brew. Yeah, I'm going to send you a can <laughs> of iron brew. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm so excited. But sorry, um, I knocked it over and then I was like, oh, fuck, it's all fizzing up. I better move it away from no. all of my papers. No, that was the highlight of my life. <laughs> I've yes. never seen one in person. No, what I was going to say is, so we've stepped step forward one by one when you were called on. And it was a tedious exercise because you had to sit through. I mean, we were a big class. You had to stand, you know, basically at attention with a perfect bevel waiting for waiting to be called on. And so fine. Everyone steps forward. Hi, I'm the, the exercise will say your name and where you're from. Cool. Everyone does it. Fine. I get called on. Hi. I'm Francesca Curran, and I am from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And our and our professor bullshit. What? Do you, I'm sorry. It was my first week of drama school. I, what do you What do you mean bullshit? Uh, my name is Francesca Curran, and I'm from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Bullshit. Do it again. Hi, 
I'm Francesca Curran, and I'm from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Bullshit! What do you, what? I, I, I just don't understand. I'm so I, confused I, right now. I'm so confused. And that's exactly what I said to her. I'm like, could I be doing something differently? Is it the tonality? You know, because I've heard professors say to other people, like, you're not using your, your real voice. Speak with yeah. your real voice. This is my real voice. Fine. Bullshit. Do it again. So I, I, I did it a couple more times in every possible way. I can imagine saying my name and where I'm from. And she says to me, keep in mind, this is like a older, used to be a showgirl, smokes two packs a day in Newports, like angry at the world. Yeah, <laughs> angry at the world, um, used to be able to kick her face, but can't tie her shoes now. And and just, just kind of bitter, just sort of. I've experienced yeah. one of those. Yeah, and it's a tricky thing because there's a level of respect that you have right for your professors and it was one of those out the window after about six months it does because it's it's it was it was a one way respect if that makes sense like i there was an there was a expectation that we speak to them in a certain way but but it wasn't reciprocated. So it was like, sort of like, what am I doing here? So anyway, she she proceeds to tell me that I have no fucking clue how to say my name and where I'm from and step back and do it again. And I did it one more time and she said, no, it's bullshit. And, and keep in mind, everyone else had, had done it and was perfectly fine. So she says to the class, okay, everyone is gonna start running and they're not gonna stop running until Francesca is able to say her name and where she's from. So- now my class That's bullshit. Me. Now my class hates me, right? They're running laps around the room. It's, In heels. Yeah, it's 10 p.m. by this point. You know, it was the last class of the day. And yeah, in heels. And everyone wants to go home. We're 45 minutes past class end. I don't, still to this day, do not know what I did wrong. Those and people have no place in education. Yeah, it was just sort of like, okay, you're miserable, you're you're angry at the world, and you're excited to take it out on someone that's young and vibrant and really wants to be in this industry. And so it's just sort of like, what? And then, but at this with the same token, I had some of the most incredible mentors yeah. in acting schools. Like I still Jason, one of my favorite teachers of all time, who I still keep in touch with. Um like really inspired me and kind of held my hand through drama school. And he was actually the one that just before graduation, like pulled me aside and was like, Hey, look, I never give people false expectations. I want you to know that you're going to be a working actor. That's nice. And it was like one of those moments where you're like, I have faith in humanity. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? There are good ones. There's bad apples, but there's good apples too. Yeah. My, my jaded, bitter old teacher, um, <laughs> who literally pushed me to the edge. Um, mm. Reason I dropped out first time. She told me I w was too fat to not be funny. It's so I lovely. couldn't be a working actor while being fat because I wasn't funny enough to be fat. And I was like, double-edged like insult because I'm too fat and I'm also not funny, um, mm. but, but work. Um, and then she had this really weird thing of and I listen. I still to this day do not know why she took a disliking to me. That's the thing. No, because she was my. I I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give yeah, them yeah. out. Right, was, absolutely. She was my Shakespeare lecturer. Mm. People, people who know me will know who it is, and I am the biggest Shakespeare buff. Like my dream role is Macbeth. Like I want to work for the Shakespeare companies, and like her class was one of the few that I like came in 
I'd done all of the research. I'd done the homework. And you genuinely wanted to be there. Yeah. Like I was excited. Right. Right. And every time I put my hand up to ask a question, she'd go in this annoying American voice. I don't even know where she was from, but it was like grating. And she'd go, everybody stop. Ingram has to say something. So then eventually I just stopped asking questions. And then I remember five minutes before my final assessment there, before I dropped out, she walked up to me and she went, just so you know, I think you should um, look for a different career over the Christmas break because this one's not working for you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go perform now. Um, It's so disheartening. Like imagine walking into a classroom of young minds that you have the ability to mold and you have the ability to inspire someone. You have the ability to be that professor for me, that said, yeah. hey, I want you to know, like between you and I, you are going to be a working actor. You have the ability to have that impact on someone. Yeah. But you choose to break someone's yeah. spirit. And listen, don't get me wrong. I do have those lecturers that have lifted mm. me up. Like a hundred percent. See, that's a thing, right? Mm. Like, like there's, there's, there's moments where I look back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I made it through. I really yeah. can't. It's the like, hardest. Drama school was the hardest couple years of my life. And I look back and I'm, I, I, I use it as reference. I almost didn't get through it. A hundred. It's, and, and most people, let me tell you something, like the, the percentage of dropouts that we had, like people that just, nope, I can't do it. I am, I, I feel like I'm like too many yeah. people telling me I'm not cut out for it. My spirit can't handle it. Um, and oh, I, uh, my spirit could yeah. handle it, mm. but like I was ready to depart, depart. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like I was in a bad, bad place. Wow. And that's what that lecturer did to me. Yeah. And do you know what? It's really weird. Cause I'm so thankful that she did it. Oh, see, that's a beautiful way to look at it, but that's the power of our words in this yeah. world. You have the opportunity yeah. to 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 do good or or you can really do a lot of bad. If she didn't do what she done, I would have never dropped out. I'd have never started this podcast because I wouldn't have had the time. I would have never went to the second drama school where I had so many amazing lecturers and learned so much. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the time during the pandemic because I'd have been in online drama school mm-hmm. to write the play that I did that's changed my life. I am so thankful that that woman is a bitter old bitch. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's everything we go through. I don't want to get too spiritual at one oh, yeah. on, a, on a Friday. But, um, <laughs> I, oh, God, we've been going for nearly an hour and I've not even got to the main part. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just talk. I could be here all day. Um, But everything we go through is a domino effect straight into something else. My yeah. my experience in this industry has been a direct like effect of everything I've done has led me and there have been moments where I'm like oh my gosh this is too scary for me and I just want to be very clear my experience in drama school was an incredible one like it was the most formative important inspiring experience I've ever been through but I still look back and I use it as a point of reference of like oh my gosh Francesca if you were able to get through drama school you can get through this bullshit I mean, seriously, compared to drama school, I will never have to walk 20 blocks at 5 a.m. in heels, dragging a suitcase of props um, with 150 lines in my head that I have to say perfectly and, you know, exhausted and 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 it, it will never happen again. I'm at such a different place in my life. Everything else is small potatoes compared to drama school. And I'm 100%. so thankful. I'm so thankful I did it. Yeah, and I would also just like to make it very clear that where I did my undergrad was great. Like, those lectures are great. Literally, one was just in my play that yeah. I 
directed. there's just always one bad seed and, and that's your experience my the place where i graduated from was great and i loved yeah. it but mm-hmm. regardless it i'm grateful there. for all of the lessons exactly because what happened at that school led you to the place yeah. that that 100%. made you who you are but we're gonna play a game now because okay. this Ooh, is my favorite excited. thing in the world Let's it's called it. stage right or stage shite and it's three <laughs> stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer Heather. I've got that answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it, so we can, so I can play along too, because these are my favorite things in the world. And we've got to find the lie. So fun. So find fun. The lie. Okay. Number one. One of the first auditions I did after graduating last July was for a feature film and it involved being thrown into a situation where all auditionees had to improvise. After a while, some guy barged into the room and started pushing this other guy and they were sort of fighting and I was pretty much in the wrong place at the wrong time and got the full force of the new arrival's elbow right in the nose. Ouch. Number two, I was struggling financially as a student and I went to my college to see about getting some extra funding. One nice lady told me that if I peed into water bottles, I could use them as hot water bottles to save on electricity. Number three. Whoa! (laughs) I just went number three, like dead casually. Nice lady. Nice lady. (laughs) Number three. In a stage production, we were using matches to light herbal cigarettes. I flicked my match away and accidentally set the curtains at the back of the stage alight. The theatre was evacuated. If number two is not the truth, um, I quit. If number two is not the truth, I'm going to tell our friend that wrote in, like, therapy is okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, want that, I want that to have actually happened. Like, I think we've all imagine? smoked terrible cigarettes the in disgusting. drama school. Yeah, and yeah but you, I wouldn't throw the match away, hmm. especially where I couldn't see it. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of characters in drama True. school. Not all the lights are on upstairs. I really want someone to have sat there and go, Honey, I'm really sorry that you've spent all of your money. But if you just urinate into a water bottle, you can use it as a hot water. How do, how can people say that with a straight face? Uh, it's like one of those things where it's so bizarre that I it's so specific that I feel like it has to be true. It has to be. I think also the audition thing, everybody can just be in the wrong place at the wrong time and get the, the elbow. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm going to go for number three. I'm going to go for one. You're going for number one. So yeah. basically, I'm on team any of them but two. Yeah, exactly. Me like, too. As long as number two is real. If two is real, I am going number three. To... <gasps> you were right. Somebody told somebody to piss in a hot water in a water bottle. Wow. Okay, that's the last thing oh. I would have said to that person. That's going in the stage show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that has to be. That should be the opening scene. That is the opening scene. I spent all my money. I mean, do you think you could help me out with everything? Well, you know, if you uh, take a pass in a water bottle, <laughs> that was, don't put that in there. Don't put that in there. That's got to stay in. Um, <laughs> if you've got enough. a story for stage right or stage shite and you're listening at home, please go down into the show notes below and click the link to the Google form and submit your story. Um, I do want to talk to you very, because I know we're going running on for time now. Um, I do want to talk to you about Orange is the New Black. It's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And um, it's one of the TV shows that have that has impacted my life and has um, made me want to be the actor that I am. So thank you so much for being a part of it. 
Oh my gosh, thank you for watching. That's so powerful. Thank what you. was the, the audition process like for you? Well, I was fresh out of drama school and um, I had an agent that had come and see me in my showcase, yeah. in my final showcase. And um, we really clicked. He was incredible. And so he took me on, which was very nice because if without him, I would have been very lost. Just wandering Manhattan with, you know, <laughs> no sense of direction. Hire me. Hire yeah, me. literally like, hey, I'm available. <laughs> um, so he had been submitting me for things and um, little little things here or there. And uh, I was going to cattle calls and doing open calls and everything in the books. And he, I remember getting the breakdown over email and I'm like, Orange is the New Black, Orange is the Black. And I hadn't watched it, but I knew it was like a hit show and it had just come out. And it was like, every time you clicked on Netflix, it was Orange is the New Black. And, Orange is the Black. and so I'm like, wow, it's obviously done really well. And I know people that love it. And it's a big show and it's Netflix and I'm fresh out of drama school is like such a daunting thing to read. Yeah. And he said, just read the breakdown. Don't write it off. Stop writing yourself off for things. Just read it and tell me what you think. And so I read the role of Helen and it's, I remember it said physically arresting, um, tall, broad, terrifying to look at grumpy speaks two words at a time, shaved head, and you're um, sitting there with a red lipstick on and a snatch. Yeah, point. and I'm sitting full glam getting a <laughs> pedicure. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a choice. Um, and I remember writing back to him. I'm like, do you think this is right for me? And he's like, well, go and do it. Have fun. Mm. You know, typical, typical agent. Have a little bit of fun. Do your best and see what happens. Get seen. So, yeah, just get seen. This And that's that was another conversation we had was like, these are people that yeah, Jennifer Houston yeah. and her casting offers like you want to be seen by them whether it's for this or something else maybe they'll cast you in glow or I wasn't out at the time but you know whatever it may yeah. be so fine okay fine we agree and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna put 100% into it so I slicked my hair as tight onto my head as I could and stuck a comb in my bun and I wore I remember exactly what I wore I wore ripped jeans and dirty construction boots and a gray muscle tank and I and a sports that's so funny because um will people have heard it yeah they should have I just had Daniela De Jesus on the podcast oh, and I she love wore a pretty similar outfit to her audition yeah. I would because I'm thinking about like, I, I I stood in front of my closet for a really long time and I'm like all right they want inmate I don't have an orange jumpsuit but this is the closest I can get to it it's like my dirty construction boots that I wear to garden ripped jeans and a muscle tank and I stuck a comb in the back of my hair and it was like as tight to my head as possible because I'm like can you picture me without hair like <laughs> is yeah. this good um and meanwhile I had hair down like to my waist so fine so I get on the train and I'm so in my head you know pre-audition I've got my sides and and I've got my headphones in and I'm going over and over and who, where did I come from and why am I in prison? And I made up this whole backstory that you don't get in a four line breakdown. Yeah. And I'm just so ready to go in there and, and in conversations with my family and my agent and, and my team, it was one of those things where it was like, look, everyone, even my family members who love me so much, like, look, you're probably not going to get it. It's orange is the new black. You're fresh out of drum school. Go have fun. Do your best. Show them how great you are. And my agent was like, yeah, you're not going to book this, but they'll see you for other things. Mm. Fine. I went in, I was so prepared, 
but also so relaxed because I knew it was way long over shot. Head. Such a long shot. So I got to the off. Oh, and uh, the one funny thing is I remember being on the train and I was so in my bubble and like not even looking around that when I finally did look up, I realized that no one had sat around me and everyone was staring. And I'm like, okay, I think I did something right here. Like <laughs> I look like a scary inmate. Everyone was staring at me. Like people were sat two things down for me so I, I felt tough I felt exactly what I wanted to feel going in and so I got to the office and um, they were doing a really strategic thing where they instead of sitting in a waiting room with the other people going in to read for the, your role they were bringing them in a certain way and taking them out another so that we never crossed with each other wow which is really interesting because I'm so used to sitting in a room and looking around and being like oh hi you're just me from Brooklyn and hi you look exactly like me like you know it's it's, it's an it's a yeah. universal experience we have as actors it's like looking in like a, a crazy mirror it really is it's like a fun house like oh my gosh you're a lot prettier but you look like me in a way <laughs> so um I went in and I read the scene and, uh, you know, as I, we're used to not getting feedback or getting very little feedback. And they looked at me and I remember I was really slouched down in the chair and I felt comfortable because I was like, whatever, fuck it. And so they said, okay, let's read it again. Fine. Read it again. And I remember they said, wow, that was really great. And I'm like, oh, thanks. That was nice. Like, and in my head, I'm thinking another imposter syndrome. Like, they're just being nice. These yeah. nice ladies. Oh, gosh, they're buttering me up. They probably think I'm pathetic. So I left and I released it. Completely released it. I moved on with my life. And I'm pretty sure it was a Friday. And the next week, I still hadn't heard anything. And I'm like, well, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. That's fine. I burned the sides. I I lit a candle. I released the energy. And on onwards right and so i'm at the doctor's office doing my routine a checkup of course like laying on the table and i see my agent calling and i'm like that's weird he's a, he's a texter or whatever i'll send him a voicemail he kept calling and kept leaving voicemails and kept calling and i'm like oh my gosh so i said to the nurse i'm like would you mind if i just pick this up quick she's like fine take it and I take the call and he's, and I'll never forget as long as I live what he said to me. It was pick up your phone, his, his voicemail, pick up your phone, pick up your phone. You got it. I still listen to it all the time whenever I'm feeling down. And let me tell you, that is the day my life changed. It was. He missed an opportunity though, because I would have loved to have been like, no, you need to put me on speakerphone now. Um, You're going to prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like you, so we just got the news. You're gonna do nine months on the inside. <laughs> yeah, you're going to prison, and I hope everyone can hear. Yeah, exactly. Tell your parents you're going to prison. Yeah. And I hope everyone is. Pr I hope you're proud of what you've done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope you're. You should be proud of your work because you're going in. Those families are yeah. excited for you to go away. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of people that want you put away. Yeah. yeah. I just totally shamed everyone into being yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a criminal. Um, okay. But talking about the, the transformation and stuff, I don't know what I was expecting when I looked at you not in orange, but I was like, fuck, that's a transformation. Did you actually shave your head for that? I did. And I had it shaved. You get paid extra for that. Three years. I don't know. 
still to this day because it's out of respect I never had that conversation with my with my castmates you know I was like like so how much you're making you know because every contract is negotiated differently I'm sure if it said like a $300 bonus oh I'm sure I I'm sure they peppered in a little something I think what we ended up doing was so initially my role was meant to be two scenes three lines and that was Mm. it which is a lot to shave your head for yeah and and so I think we ended up having a conversation when they called to tell me that I was cast. I think it was like, hey, she's really excited about doing it, but she's not willing to shave her head. Are you guys willing to do a bald cap if it's going to be two scenes and three lines? Um, I had hair down to my waist and like other roles that I wanted yeah. to go in for. And so I think it was one of those things where they were like, okay, we'll have her on. But I think it ended up being like, fine, we'll have her on for two episodes. That's it. Like that, that's the maximum. And I ended up being on for like two and a half, three seasons. So, mm. yeah. It what was... did you prefer? Did you prefer minimum security or maximum security? <laughs> no maximum. I think I should be put away and throw, throw the key yeah. away. I, I, do you know, I have one, one, massive thing about orange that i don't think i can ever forgive genji for like the characters i thought were all so well done up until the end of the riot and then i was just really disappointed (laughs) that these sort of side characters came in like as much as she's been on the podcast i love her so much like beth the baby killer like i would have really preferred big boo or yoga jones um but then, like, also, like, one of my favorite oranges and the new black characters is Badison. Oh, yeah. Which is mad. Lots of people don't like Badison. And yeah. I had this massive affinity for her. I don't you know had a that's... soft spot for her. I don't know if that says something about me. Um, um well, it was nice speaking to you. <laughs> but then the two sisters as well, Carol and Bob, I wanted to know more and stuff so it was kind of like the double-edged sword like i kind of wanted them all to go back to minimum and be normal but then have a spin-off of max right right. but i loved like your lines and stuff like when you'd come in (laughs) because you you got to say the most horrible shit but it's horrible shit it's funny yeah well i think it's a tough one right so they were giving me such funny material and I think that I like I was really starting to have a lot of fun with it, especially like season five for me was a dream because we'd get the scripts and I'd be like, oh, my God, there's so much to do. Like, even if I'm not talking, we're doing crazy shit in the background and all the funny stuff I get to say and all these two liners and everyone like every time Helen would speak, everyone in the scene would turn and be like, what? Like so everything that came out of my mouth was just ridiculous. And so it was a lot of fun to play. But then there was also a fine line of being like, does it feel like I'm glamorizing the role of a neo-Nazi? Like, like, like I'm having so much fun with it. People, I remember getting like DMs and comments on Instagram and like hundreds and thousands of messages of people being like, I love you so much. Helen is so funny. Helen is the best. I want to be Helen's friend. And I remember sitting back at one point going like, she's not a good person. <laughs> she's a fucking terrible person. Like, what does that say about you? But then I, I remember like taking a beat and just being like, am I doing my job right? Like, but also I- remember that that show did that across the board. The I'm going to sort of say like, I don't yeah. This, especially as a white man, this is sort of difficult to articulate. But like taking the character of Red, she was um, involved with the mob and she sort of led to somebody being killed and we loved her. And I think the essence of Orange 
is yes, they're all here because of crimes, but the crime was almost secondary to the character. Right. And where did they come from and what was behind it? And were they just dealt a really bad hand? And, you know, and that's what was great about the flashbacks. Yes. What made them do like what made them get to that point where they committed a crime? Because we're all one step away. I think it's seven steps to either being homeless or in prison. A hundred percent. It would take every single human being 30 seconds to do the most horrible thing in their life and they could be put away forever. Yeah, a hundred percent. We're all capable Mm. of that. That's what's so interesting is we get to like, that was so fun for me with this character is I got to go deeper than I've ever gotten. And I got really lucky with my first TV role out of drama school to, to get a character so deep with so many flavors where I get to go, Oh my gosh, she's a really bad person. But at the same time, I have empathy for her. Like since I'm playing her, I can't judge her if that makes sense. I think it's time for a reboot personally let's do it genji i will be the new corrupt Hashtag. british prison guard <laughs> yeah i think that would be really good like if i was like why coming did you in. end up in litchfield though um because i was an actor who originated in london and then decided to move to new york to pursue a broadway career and then mm-hmm. obviously the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. all of the theaters closed and i had to get a day job to fund my you life a CEO. i'm here for it but then can people who are immigrants can they become? Yeah, you can get you a work know. visa. Yeah, no, I was like, but can they oh, be like oh, oh, good question. gun-carrying lunatics? Yeah, you can do that. You just can't vote in America. I, I'll be like, yes, I'll <laughs> listen. We'll make it work. I'll be on like a, a what do they call it? Um, what do they call it when they uh, somebody comes from a different country and stays with you? Oh, oh you talking about a foreign exchange student? Yes, I'll be a foreign exchange <laughs> CEO. That's what I'll be. I'll be a foreign exchange CEO. <laughs> That's amazing. Back in your cells, ladies. Back in your cells. I'm available. Yeah, back in your cells, ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sean, uh, email's in the show notes if Genji Corn is listening. Um, I'm available and work very cheaply. Um, Did you steal anything from the set? I think I have my badge somewhere. Yeah, because um, since the show ended, I think they, I think they, I think that's it. I really do. Yeah. The the jumpsuit hopefully will be of no use to me. (laughs) Hopefully we'll never need to see one of those again. Hey guys, so good news. I brought my own. Yeah. But I'm experienced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've done this before. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite sort of line that you got to say? Because you did have some great lines. Oh my god! I think it'd have to be smoking is cool. Do you know what? I do think smoking is cool, and I do think it makes <laughs> it's you look so cool. cool. It makes you look so cool. I wish my lungs could handle it because I would be the coolest cat. I quit <laughs> last year, and it still breaks my. I didn't quit. I I loved smoking. Smoking yeah. was my favorite thing in the world to do. I stopped smoking because it was £12 a packet and I was going uh, yeah. through a pack a day. Yeah, you're like, okay, I like the taste of this and the feel of this, but... um, I was spending more on cigarettes than a mortgage. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. it's So now I'm on these things. Have, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's really good that you quit, but yeah. it is a... I've not it, saved any money. Now I spend you, it on chocolate. Yeah, exactly. If you have a cigarette and a leather jacket on, you're a cool cat. Oh, you look so fucking cool. You're the coolest cat. And I probably want to sleep with you. So, like, mm-hmm. just make yeah. sure you're around. Yeah. Um, exactly. 
I've got two more questions for you before we wrap up. A question that I love to ask everybody is if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, hey, listen, I want to do a two-hander with you on the West End or Broadway, but preferably the West End so I can come and see it. But I don't know who I want your co-star to be and you can pick anyone who's alive to be your mm. co-star who you pick in. Mm, mm, mm. My first instinct is Olivia Coleman. My God, she's so fucking good. Why Not as the queen, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, can we go there for a sec? Hold on. What do you think of the royal family? Americans, you know, we love it. Okay. So I think it's absolutely disgusting that you this think it's family, rubbish? Uh, they have their place in life and they do this. I think it's disgusting that this family has houses to spare when there are homeless people out homeless. there. I think it's disgusting that and the Royal Queen <laughs> had a 30-something million pound funeral while the whole country is going through a cost-of-living crisis. Taxpayers' money, right? I think there's absolutely no need for them. And mm. Yeah. But on, on that note, I think the only person who played the Queen correctly was Olivia Cole. Uh, no, what's her name? Claire Foy. Oh, yeah, she did an amazing job. I didn't... I the didn't voice, know. everything. She, she, I really think she nailed it, but Olivia Coleman in general. Like, did you ever oh, see Oh, great. The no, favorite? I haven't. <gasps> She's a great actress. I'm not saying that. I think it was because I watched Claire Foy. And then, like, yeah. I, I don't even think you don't Helena Bonham Carter it. did a good job. Who was it? Helena Bonham Carter. I didn't think she did a good job. As Margaret. Yeah. And I don't think that mm. Melda Staunton did a good job. But I think it's because yeah. I'm sort of going off of them on off of Claire Foy. But don't get me wrong. I, I love Josh O'Connor. I oh love um, Emma Corrin, Elizabeth Debicki. Like, I think they're all great. I think it was maybe just because of the continuation of the characters. Yeah, I have a hard time with, and this is controversial, but I have a hard time with switching the cast every season. I know some people love it. I get it. You have to go through the age blocks and do their due diligence. And I know some people love that it's fresh and everything, but I got so attached to... I guess it was the season forecast with Josh O'Connor and all. Yes. That's so attached to them that like, I thought Josh O'Connor is like, I think oh, he's such a God. Absolutely brilliant. He's a, an amazing theater actor. He's incredible in TV. He's incredible in film. I've never seen a thing of his that I haven't loved. And the way that Emma Corrin got that job. Oh yeah. Did you hear how she got that job? No, how did she? She was a reader for the auditions for Camilla. Come on. What? She was reading in... In she auditions. read for Camilla? No, she was reading Diana, but never had the part. So they right. were like, we're auditioning for Camilla. Yeah. So we She's need people reason. to read Charles and Diana. And she was reading Diana and never auditioned for Diana, as far as I'm aware, and then got the job. Okay, that goes to show like how random the industry is. What is for you won't go by you. What if a hundred, I believe that wholeheartedly. If it's I'm, meant so for you, it will I'm available out. to read an audition. Yeah, exactly. I know. Now, suddenly I'm the best reader. Yeah, in, I'm so yeah. great. I'm yeah. so great. Um, I can read a, a whole bunch of words per minute. <laughs> <laughs> I can type them too. Yeah. Um, my, my campaign for my two-hander has to carry on as Catherine Tate. Uh, oh, she'd make me look God. like a piece of shit, and I'm a, yeah. totally at peace <laughs> with that. Like, I'm so like I'm down for it. Do you know what I mean? You know what? It just to be in their presence. Oh, and people, you say that to people that like make me look like a piece of shit, and they go, "No, actors bring out like good actors bring out the best in other actors." And I'm like, "No." She'd walk on stage and say something, and my jaw would just go. 
Yeah, I know it'd be so hard to concentrate, but, but whoever told you that is probably right. Because when you're in a scene with someone that's so fucking brilliant, it, it really does bring something out in uh, you. No, I'd be that fan. That's like, stop, stop it, Catherine. Ruin um, my credit. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, a, I, I'm aware we're running on for time now. So we have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask, um, the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking. But the question that has been left for us to answer today is if you lived life again, would you choose this profession again? Yep. A million times over. A million times over all the suffering, all the being broke, all the sometimes not being broke, but then going back to being broke, um, all the ups and downs and the rejection and the highs of hearing that you've been cast i'd do it all over again tenfold 100 percent, like 100 percent. i know that this is what i'm supposed to be doing yep and like, every actor says that every actor says there's no halfway point i mean right? some of them shouldn't yeah some of, that doesn't mean that they don't think that they should <laughs> yeah. so like, like, people oh, will say that about me they'll go he yeah. should be an accountant right no but no, i couldn't it, imagine sitting behind a desk every day being like hello yes your stair lift is on the way <laughs> I shouldn't leave that in. That's my best friend's job. <laughs> <laughs> my best friend works for a stairlift company. Oh, is that where you drew inspiration from? Yeah, I was like, hello, your stairlift's on its way. Um, <laughs> she's that enthused. I was method acting, but no. I, <laughs> I'll do this for, until I'm not allowed or... Um, Telling you. I'll do yeah. it for the rest of my life, even if it means I don't ever make a dollar off of it. Well, that's a little bit. I don't want to be rich. I don't no. want to do this to be and rich. I don't Listen, want it would be very nice to have. I'm I'm cool if it comes. I want to be able to pay my own way by telling stories that are magic. That's what it's all about. That's mm. what it's that's literally what it's about. I I it's the only way I know how to express myself. It's like I feel a such a release even when I make even when I have an audition. Yeah. My mood for the rest of the day is like wow, I put some really yeah. good stuff out there and I know that's what I'm meant to be doing. And guess what? I didn't get paid to do it, but I did it today. And that's another thing that there's such a negative stigma about uh, when you talk to an actor and you're like, oh, so what's next for you or what's what's coming up for you? Well, I'm auditioning. There's, there's this like negative stigma and I, I would say it comes from people that aren't in the industry that where it's like, oh, it, it, oh you're auditioning. Uh, you don't have anything lined up. No, you don't understand. That's my nine to five. Yeah. Like, because somebody actually recently said it to me and they were like, and it made total sense. Auditioning is your nine to five job that you don't get paid for. And then yeah. you get the, then you get the, in air quotes, the job, but the payment isn't for the job. It's for all of the time that you've spent auditioning and doing it's all of that. that. It's for that gap between this audition and this audition that you were putting in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And you then, don't get so paid it's, for it's the back pay. acting. It's back pay. It's yeah. back pay. Exactly. you don't it's, get paid for the acting no and there's and I always get like this knot in my stomach when I go back to my hometown because like be, having such a successful first television role right out of school there's like this like bar that's been set that I didn't even intend on setting but it was like a wonderful thing that happened but when I see people oh hi what are you doing now yeah so what are you working on now what are you filming what's going on on set who are you working with oh well I'm auditioning oh but when you are, well, it was really nice to you see on you. Orange, and are you not yeah. now a millionaire? What happened? Yeah, what happened? So, so oh, she, is that she spent yeah. all of her money. She must have an alcohol problem. 
Yeah, mm. I'm telling you, I'm there's such a stigma. There's yeah. such a and, and then I I sort of like get myself psyched up for it. Like every time I go home, it's like, okay, I'm gonna run into people I know. It's there's gonna be this like nasty attitude about it. And 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 I've come to terms with just being okay and being like knowing my worth and being able to just say, yeah, I'm actually, I'm auditioning right now. So it's great. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I've been having some really good auditions. And, and even if the reaction to that is, oh, well, it was nice to see you. Yeah, it was nice to see you. Goodbye. Enough for me. It was so great yeah. to see you too. And I have peace within myself to know that that is what my job is. And if I do that for the rest of my life, I'm still an artist. Hmm. But in saying that, if anyone would like to give us jobs, we're available. Yeah, we're Emails not. We wouldn't be mad about it. No, like, like 100%. I could take a couple of weeks off of auditioning. Yeah. Um, like, so my, my email's in the show notes. Get in touch. I'm not going to hold a grudge against you if you if you hire me. No, me neither. I'll get over it. Yeah. But if you do hire Francesca, you also have to hire me as a caveat. So just letting you know that. Yeah, that it's a yeah. two for one deal. Yeah, so. but not pay. Not pay. Leave it. It's but two for two pay wise. Yeah. two for two pay wise but hiring wise it's two for one um what question would you like to leave for the next guest can be about anything you want doesn't have to be about acting <laughs> genuinely thank you so much thank for coming you on so much. i feel like I, I could have talked to you for another like four hours oh so could i but i was like this girl's probably got stuff to do <laughs> not shit honestly, <laughs> honestly me neither me neither um, but i will let you get back to normal life thank you so much for coming on <laughs> and what i do so like to much. say to everyone when you're in scotland eventually hit me up the first round of drinks is on me i will 100 percent. i can't wait we'll throw Amazing. back some whiskeys <laughs> and some iron brew and there we have it another episode of drama school dropout episode 146 completed thank you so much to francesca for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media which you'll find down in the show notes below and if you're enjoying the podcast why not tell someone about it leaving a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow remember if you've got a story for stage right or stage right please click the link to the google form in the show notes below or email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com to submit your story don't forget that you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our patreon using the link in the show notes below i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode next tuesday at 6 a.m have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout fuck your whole course now try something new drama school dropout